This is a Retail Insider Podcast. You're listening to The Weekly. Welcome to this week's episode of The Weekly by Retail Insider. I'm Lee Rivett, and I'm joined with the Editor-in-Chief of Retail Insider, Craig Patterson, to discuss this week's most read articles on retail-insider.com. So thanks for joining me, Craig. Hello, everyone. And a quick word from our podcast episode sponsor, Wift is a rapidly growing Canadian same-day shipping company that has partnered exclusively with Retail Insider. Learn more about Swift's scalable best-in-class last-mile solution by following the link in our show notes. Now, we're currently recording on August the 15th, 2021, and our most read article from last week was Hudson's Bay splitting their physical stores from their online business. So, Craig, for those that missed that announcement, could you give us a little bit of a background to make sure we're all on the same page? Yeah, yeah. The Hudson's Bay company announced that it was basically splitting its physical store and online divisions. Mm -hmm. So, what that means is now there are these two basic businesses. There's the online business, which they're calling The Bay, which is, you know, thebay.com, which is the e-commerce site. Uh, Now they've got the separate physical department store division called Hudson's Bay, which is what most of the stores have in terms of their nameplates on the stores and what we've been calling the retailers since 2013, if that makes sense. Well, why would a retailer do something like this? Because at the end of the day, it seems counterintuitive because most of the retailers that we come across now are trying to unify they're online with their physical brick and mortar stores, which is exactly what Hudson Bay is not doing. They're ripping down the like the paper between the two, having two different leaders. And it, it just seems counterintuitive to me. Why would they want to do this, especially during a pandemic? Well, that's a good question. It almost seems counterintuitive. And I was yeah. asking this question when when the Hudson Bay company did this with Saks Fifth Avenue. Uh mm. we you know, we we would do reporting and when I read other things as well. A lot of the messaging around the future of retail is omni-channel or whatever word we want to use for that, which is really basically that there's a hybrid of physical and online for retail. And exactly. in this case, what Hudson's Bay is doing is it's it's segregating that, at least mm. from a business standpoint. Yeah. There will be certainly integrations. But my thought is this is a bit of an asset play. And, and what I mean by that is splitting up the physical stores and the online is going to allow mm. for something to be done in terms of being able to mm. value an asset. In this case, I think the online division might end up wow. having more value than the physical stores. And perhaps this is a way of you know doing an IPO or, or something like that yeah. uh, in terms of creating that value. Because Saks off Fifth, when its e-commerce division was spun off, it had a value of about $1 billion U.S. Wow. dollars. It's quite a bit of money. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it, again, you know, it, it's not intuitive that we would see a department store chain splitting up its online and in-store. But I, I do think this is an asset play where segregating the physical stores is going to allow for, uh, you know, a, a play one way or another with the physical stores as well, whether or not that's, uh, uh, you know, closing some of them or, or who knows. I mean, I'm sure continuing to talk about this yeah. area. Uh, I, I don't know. It's <laughs> something that's a little bit surprising but for me this wasn't surprising i saw them do it with Saks Fifth avenue last year and i thought when when's when's hudson's bay coming and you and i had that conversation as well now do you think that with because i totally forgot about Saks and the Saks off fifth doing this too like, have you seen any benefit or hudson bay or Saks leveraging that splitting of assets or is that still unknown the effect of that nowadays um, the only positive effect that I've seen so far personally in terms of any observations is the fact that the Hudson Bay company has been able to, you know, increase its value oh. by having this, you know, separated division where they're able to, you know, be able to make money, you know, either through investors or otherwise. 
for for these separated divisions. I mean, from a consumer facing standpoint, I'm not sure if there's been much yeah. of a way of you know real benefits. I mean, Hudson's Bay has obviously done stuff with its marketplace that's online in terms of bringing other vendors in. Yeah. But um, in terms of the actual consumer experience, I don't know what would be there. I mean, ideally, the consumer wouldn't really know what was happening here yeah. because that experience should be quite seamless. And one thing that we saw recently, we'll do a photo uh, essay slash article pretty soon here in Retail Insider, uh, is, is say that, you know, the London Dairy Shopping Centre store in Edmonton is one example. There's a few others where they've now actually taken the store. They've done a few updates to it, not a ton, yeah. but have created kind of these showroom departments. Firstly, there was kids and home goods, I believe. Right. But also um, what was created was a centralized checkout. Uh, where you can also do returns and then, you know, do some online related stuff. Uh, so each floor has just one centralized checkout, kind of like what you might see in a Winners or a Marshalls store or I guess a grocery store. Uh, so, you know, these are changes that are coming to to Hudson's Bay stores uh, for better or for worse, I guess we would say. So I don't I don't know. I mean, like I said, ideally, <laughs> you know, the consumer isn't going to know that this is happening because it, that I don't think would actually be the best thing for the mm. company. Well, and since Saks already has done this exact thing, um, have you seen a benefit for Hudson Bay generally as a result of doing this exact same thing for the Saks banners? Uh, splitting those up has led to evaluation and uh, you know a move towards investors again with Saks off fifth with with yeah. that e-commerce business being valued at over a billion dollars and oh. Oh. with Saks Fifth Avenues you know, online business being valued at well over a billion dollars. I mean, I believe that the Saks Fifth Avenue website alone, uh, we're talking the full price expensive stores, was doing over a billion dollars a year in sales in US dollars, and uh, which is about wow. a third, I think, of the total sales yeah. of Saks Fifth Avenue. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, splitting this up really, I think, is a play in terms of uh, being able to quantify assets uh, and have leadership teams behind them. Mm. Well, and do you think that this is like for the layperson that is not ingrained in retail expertise and analyzing it like we are, um, is this a good thing for Hudson Bay or is it more like a drowning, like last ditch attempt to try to save itself? It's This is a win for Hudson's, for the Hudson Bay company because they're able to basically create value in terms of assets and yeah. maybe they're going to sell these off. Who knows? Perhaps the other benefit is they're looking at Closing some Hudson's Bay stores. Well, I know they're looking at closing some Hudson's Bay stores. This isn't something that's speculative at this point. Yeah, uh, I'm a little bit blown away with uh, what we're seeing right now with the Hudson Bay company and its American Saks Fifth Avenue stores, where they're now going to be, you know, with some of the stores are closing. They're creating, they partnered with WeWork to create something called Saks Work, uh, which is co-working spaces within Saks Fifth Avenue stores. And, uh, you know, I think there's more information to come on that, but it, huh. it, it seems like there's this almost bizarre movement away from retail with, with the Hudson Bay company. It, it, it really does seem to be capitalizing on assets, whether or not that's real estate or online businesses. And, yeah. uh, you know, I guess the consumer is hopefully going to be, uh, uh, you know, able to benefit in terms of having a good customer service experience and having yeah. product that's available for them, whether or not they're getting that online or in the stores or mm. somewhere in between. Mm. Well, let's talk about the leadership of these two new distinct um, entities at Hudson Bay. So Ian Naren uh, is taking over from the online perspective. So what's your thought on his achievements uh, being able to handle the base since he took over in January 2020, which is, of course, at the, like right at the beginning, pretty much of the COVID pandemic? Uh, I mean, he, he took over at a very challenging time, uh, you know, but I think that it is a little bit challenging to determine at this time what's been happening because there has been a bit of a, a level of secrecy, I think, 
about what the company is doing. And I don't know what his involvement was specifically around, say, leases, but it didn't really look that good that the Hudson Bay Company was not paying rent on a lot of its stores in Canada and in the United States. We saw all kinds of litigation because of that, both again in Canada and the United States. I spoke to some American landlords uh, that were furious with, with the situation, so it certainly was not just in Canada. Uh, there was a plan, my understanding, to take various departments within Hudson's Bay stores and make them into concessions. So, you know, say jewelry or footwear, those departments would be run by third parties. Um, I don't know where that is currently. Um, you know, I, I would say probably he's doing a good job, but I wouldn't even have enough information to be able to make that full evaluation. I just know that I have seen some Hudson Bay stores since the beginning of the pandemic, not as many as I like to, because I haven't been traveling as much, but uh, you know, I sent a family member as a photographer into one of the stores and, and parts looked okay and parts didn't. And, you know, some of the feedback I got, I'm not supposed to put it in the article, was uh, the store looked dirty and I wasn't impressed that that was the feedback that I got. And uh, so, it's, but that takes investment and, and that's not necessarily the fault of uh, of Ian and uh, uh, what he's doing here. I think it's the fault of the Hudson Bay Company for not investing in their stores. Well, you can totally see the prioritization. Like they got the A-list kind of locations like downtown Vancouver, downtown Toronto, but when you get out of those areas, and let's call the B class, like outside of downtown, you can see there's less effort, less organization, less everything. So you can kind of see the priority is not there. Yeah, well, you know, and you talk about the stores. I mean, even the downtown Vancouver Hudson's based store, the last time I was there was December of 2019. And uh, overall, there are parts of it that are impressive. Yep. We've seen a renovation to the room. They've added menswear and done a really cool looking uh, Design and, you know, the second floor, which is women's apparel and shoes, looks pretty nice. But uh, the store needs a lot of work. I mean, those elevators are just a disaster. Mm -hmm. uh, it's 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 shocking how nasty those elevators look. And, you know, I think the fourth floor, you know, could really use some work as well. Uh, you know, it's not as nearly impressive as it should be. The Queen Street store in Toronto, which is the company, the Hudson Bay's flagship store, is I would say completely renovated. Uh, it's the only store in the chain that's pretty decent, in my opinion, in terms of being, uh, uh, you know, a fairly substantial downtown flagship store that actually looks good. And uh, none of the other stores I would say in Canada come even close to the quality of that store in terms of how it looks and and the product offering, except for a few stores in the greater Toronto area only. I would say, which is a bit disappointing. I mean, the downtown Montreal Hudson's Bay store. I know it's going to be getting a renovation and it's going to be downsized. We've reported on that. But the condition when I was there last, which was a couple of years ago, was just terrible. I, I couldn't believe it. I mean, I know they were doing a few little updates to the cosmetic departments, but it must be a bit embarrassing for the company uh, to to look at some of the stores that it has right now and how they look and uh, and say, oh my God, you know, this is not yeah. the best looking department store. I mean, we, we, in North America, our department stores are not nearly mm -hmm. as, as interesting or as nice as what you'll see in parts of Europe and Asia right now. Well, speaking of Europe, I wanted to kind of move on to the physical store component of this uh, um, this announcement as well, because Wayne Drummond is going to be taking over the physical stores. And the reason why I mentioned Europe is because he was also running the European Netherlands expansion of Hudson Bay, and it didn't go so well for him. So like when I take a look, as I was trying to find what other successes that he had that might you know, warrant him being in charge of this physical store, you know, section of Hudson Bay. And even his LinkedIn is like grossly out of date. So even though he's like posting on other people's comments like four days ago, there was like a, a big gap on where he's at in Hudson Bay and what he's done. So 
They probably put the right person in charge of the online being Ian because his profile is completely up to date. But with Wayne, like optically, why would you put somebody in charge of the Canadian division that did not do optically, at least, the a stellar job in the Netherlands because they had to shutter it? I'm sure it's more you know complex. There's more nuance. So what's your perspective on Wayne's well, that's a good question. I mean, like you said, he was the head of stores yeah. for, for Hudson's Bay in the Netherlands. So I think it was 2018, Hudson's Bay made a, an expansion, took took over some department store locations from another retailer that had gone uh, bankrupt, another department store yeah. retailer, and and opened, I believe, about 15 stores in the Netherlands, which is a very small country geographically, you know, population. It's got quite a bit. But um, I, I guess it was a challenge. I mean, Hudson's Bay didn't have the name recognition that certainly it would have in Canada and the Netherlands. I think they were playing off the fact that Canada basically saved the Netherlands in World War II. <laughs> Two and, lips. You know, the Dutch, and they definitely have an affinity with yeah. Canada. I, I mean, we have a great relationship with the Netherlands, but they still needed to know what Hudson's Bay was and why they should be shopping mm-hmm. there. And I, I think that, you know, I, I d- had not been to any of the actual stores in the Netherlands. I, I haven't traveled over there during that time, but from what I saw in photos, because I was paying attention, I was very curious. The stores looked beautiful. They looked way better than the Hudson Bay stores mm. in Canada because they were brand new and they actually invested in them and it made them look nice. And that's not something you can say about most of the Hudson's Bay department stores here in Canada, the physical ones. So, um, but the product that was carried in the stores, I was checking the brand matrix and they had some fairly pricey designer brands in there. I mean, we're not talking the super luxury brands like you'd find in the room, but they certainly did have some expensive brands. And I think that was a little bit of a shock to some of the consumers in the Netherlands because um, in the Netherlands, again, they have a really great department store owned by Selfridges Group, which also owns Holt Renfrew in Canada, called De Biencorf. Mm. And De Biencorf is a tremendous department store retailer in the Netherlands, spectacular store in central Amsterdam, and has other stores, Rotterdam and other uh, communities as well in that country, uh, you know, and I think was a real formidable competitor. And on, on top of that, across Europe, we have seen, you know, very much a direct to consumer movement in terms of all kinds of brands just have their own stores on the street. So, you know, you go down Hoofstraat in Amsterdam and many of the brands you also see in De Biencorf and I guess Hudson's Bay will have standalone stores. It's something we're seeing far more uh, frequently here in North America now. And uh, so I think that it was just a matter of a competition uh, as well as a lack of brand awareness. And I was quite surprised that uh, Hudson's Bay pulled out mm. of the Netherlands so fast. It, it was almost like a target type of situation <laughs> that we saw here in Canada in terms of the in and out of the retailer. But uh, it, uh, I think is a question that a few people will ask someone that, you know, ran a business that was not around for that long and was unsuccessful coming in and now running the Hudson Bay stores. I don't know. I, I, I hope uh, Wayne Drummond does well with, uh, with the Bay stores here in Canada because uh, he's going to need it and he's going to need the backing of, of, of the Hudson Bay company to actually invest in however many stores they keep open in the future to keep people wanting to actually go to these physical Hudson Bay stores because, uh, um, again, you know, we've got competition here in Canada from direct to consumer brands. We love our bargains. We go to winners and Costco and other places like that. And, uh, it's going to be, I think a bit of an uphill battle for Hudson's Bay in terms of its physical stores to continue to, to attract consumers. So something's going to have to be done. It's going to have yeah. to be drastic and it's going to cost them a fortune. Yeah. And, uh, that's pretty much the announcement, Craig. So thanks for going through this with me. It was quite the lightning rod conversation for a lot of retail experts across Canada with this announcement. So Um, Thanks again for pulling it apart. I appreciate it. It's been really exciting. So thanks again. And I'm looking forward to chatting more next week. Thank you so much, everyone. Take care and bye for now. 